Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Jeffrey Halstead, DMD. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. Visit them online at canandaiguadentistry.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Everybody. Welcome into Concrete Jungle, New York baseball podcast here on PremierLeagues1.com. We are not in studio, obviously. Uh, I am in the lovely confines of the Comfort Inn in Williamsburg, Virginia. Kyle, you are in your, what I enjoy calling luxurious home studios for you. Um, how was your weekend? Everything go, go good and everything? Yeah, it seemed like it flew by. Um, but yeah, just a lot of, you know, baseball and some preseason football but yeah it was a pretty good weekend how about yours can't complain um saturday was a pretty much a travel day type deal for me but uh was able to explore a little bit of williamsburg saturday night when i got in and then yesterday uh able to cross off a new baseball venue went down to norfolk for the durham bulls versus the norfolk tides and uh, the bulls came out three one and uh, what's interesting is uh, we're recording here Monday, um, and tomorrow on Tuesday I will be going to Durham to see the Bulls play. I think they're playing Nashville, so um, you know we're crossing. Apparently, I'm just a Durham Bulls super fan here for two of the three days uh, in this window. Um, but yeah, can't complain. It was actually a really cool venue. Um, quickly here before we get into it, because I you can't really waste too much time. What's interesting about Norfolk is, and I didn't look it up, but I'm going to recklessly speculate that the same people who built their stadium built Syracuse. It's very similar, oddly enough, uh, in uh, at least like concourse and seating and viewing, I'd say, like visual elements. Obviously, it's completely different like backdrop. This was actually a super cool backdrop. They had uh, the shipyards in the backdrop. Uh, from right field to like center field really cool like viewing if you're into like that type of deal but um yeah the way it was like constructed i was like this feels a lot like mbt pink stadium how was the crowd size a lot of people um yeah so it, it definitely sits way more than what was there but uh for a late afternoon first pitch it was a 405 first pitch for a minor league game which on a sunday is kind of crazy i think oh, um yeah i mean we're we're used to predominantly like 105s and and stuff in that window 405 first pitch uh yesterday on sunday and a crowd of 5141 uh, was the announced crowd so uh there are plenty of seats available like i said i think it, you can tell they could definitely get plenty more in there but i thought i think sarah was a, a pretty good crowd overall actually there for late sunday afternoon yeah it sounds like a pretty close and good game yeah yeah it, it really was it ended up being um a bit of a pitcher's battle it really actually ended up becoming uh the only scoring came in the fourth inning for both teams actually oh, wow. yeah durham put up three and then um norfolk actually answered back in the bomb of the fourth with a home run but um that was pretty much it norfolk left like eight guys on base i think it was like just uh ended up being like i said a bit of a pitcher's duel but not not really in the grand scheme but i guess when you kind of think about it like that but 
yeah, ended up kind of being that way. Uh, Yankee fans, uh, Taj Bradley pitched for Durham. Uh, he was a starter for them. Uh, the AAA affiliate for the Rays, and what's funny is Norfolk is the AAA affiliate for Baltimore. So I I got to see a few familiar names for for both teams play yesterday. Uh, so it was pretty pretty cool, pretty cool experience overall. Yeah, good day. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, we'll begin with the Yankees. Um, lost uh two of three, dropped the series to Tampa Bay. Um, You're almost right. <laughs> yeah, I was about. I I'm looking. The way I have my notes kind of structured, we'll peel back the curtain here for a quick second, right? We I have the notes structured. I completely like wrote it in a way I knew I was going to probably trip myself up, to be honest, reading them. So that's that's where we're at right now in the hotel. Uh, but yeah, one of three for the Yankees in Tampa, just not um, collectively good once again. Um, I believe I saw, um, and I'm assuming you could probably back this up, Kyle, if I'm right or if I'm wrong, you could definitely correct me. Uh, but the Yankees have only won one series since, I don't know if it's July 4th or whatever the actual date was that I saw, but it's the worst in baseball in that stretch. Yep, uh, since the That's start right. of July. Gotcha. Yep, yes. and then swept the Royals. So, I mean, yeah. they're a 90-loss team now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, definitely not good there. Um, I Again, I, I don't know what to really collectively say. I mean, I know um, – at least going into, was it at number two yesterday for Judge? He was what zero for nine or something like that. And I don't, I don't know what was it like. Yeah, you finished zero for twelve with no. eight strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, when uh, your best hitter on the team's kind of doing that, um, I, I don't think much is going to go collectively good for you there. Yeah, and I don't know how much you uh, paid attention because, of course, you're on vacation. But right. they threw the, the Rays are throwing him a lot of breaking balls. I think he only seen like two fastballs all weekend. It was down and away, and he couldn't touch it. And mm-hmm. they just kept going and going. And you know how good Rays pitchers are off speed. So uh, yeah, it was a rough weekend for him. And when your captain isn't going, then uh, yeah, there's trouble. Yeah, I mean, and. <sighs> It's kind of like the way pitchers were kind of pitching him, I think, up until, I guess, really sometime in 21, where it was just a lot of those, I mean, in particular, it always sticks out to me, right, the sliders down in the way type type pitches, right, where you know he's going to be chasing, and, and you know, um, I mean, frankly, that's how you're going to get him out, right? I mean, Judge is still a very good hitter in, in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, when you go, when you get him out, it's going to be those off speeds, typically low and away, and that's, uh, kind of what you know, maybe maybe not exactly alone away was the the raise plan, but certainly you know drop the speed and force him to chase. Um, I, let's I guess really jump into it here a little bit. Um, actually no, let's say what let's look at the week ahead quickly because I I think the rest of this is going to take up a, a pretty good chunk of the rest of the Yankee time here. Um, in Detroit for four starting today on Monday. And then down in Houston over Labor Day weekend for three. Um, if there was ever a time, I guess, for a team to get it quote unquote right, it would be the next four days. However, uh, this is a Detroit team that uh, over the weekend has found itself in a very plucky situation, as I call it. Um, and a team that um, has a bunch of guys kind of hot right now offensively. Uh, they're pitching. Um, is still very hit and miss, to put it bluntly, Detroit. But, you know, their offense, um, 
and I do have to give a shout out here. I mean, I'm repping, I, I don't know if you can tell, my, my college, Gannon, right? In Erie, Pennsylvania. And Erie's home of the double A team for the Tigers. And I saw a bunch of guys from the years come through there. Uh, and I was in Erie last year over the summer for a weekend and saw the Seawolves play. And uh, they were led by a guy by the name of Kerry Carpenter, who is red hot right now for Detroit, um, both on the field and on his LinkedIn profile. Um, so, um, and obviously, you know, a bunch of other young guys there, like Bradley Green, Spencer Tolkelson's kind of figured it out here. Uh, and even, um, you know, to a degree here, I mean, Miguel Cabrera's all of a sudden kind of found himself in an interesting spot. I know he hit career homer 510 yesterday. So uh, this is a Detroit team. Like I said, I, I think they're finding themselves offensively plucky all of a sudden. And I don't think, I mean, it's not like the Yankees can can obviously sleep on any team at this point, but certainly um, they can't sleep on a team. You have four games, and in my mind, they aren't going to sweep them, right, And or anything like that, but it's four winnable games. And frankly, I, I like I said, I doubt they'll get the sweep. I borderline doubt they'll get three of the four, but that's the way I'm kind of leaning right now just in terms of the series as a whole. Yeah, uh, believe it or not, they only, the Tigers only have three less wins than the Yankees do, which crazy. is insane. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of remind me of a uh, similar to to the Nationals, a young good team that doesn't really have good enough pitching yet to win consistently, but they do have stretches where they play well. Like they're five and five in their last ten. They played a couple, uh, you know, good teams back to back, the Phillies and you know the Astros. So. Yeah, they're not going to be an easy team to beat, especially the way the Yankees have played against bad teams, you know, losing to the Rockies and you can go on and on and on. But yeah, um, I'm going to just probably say a split. Um, and honestly, the way the season's gone, I don't even know if they could get a split. Uh, they don't take care of teams they should beat. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'll just go with the split. And um, it's going to come down to that. Uh, and then looking ahead to Houston, I definitely just have no faith there whatsoever. And obviously that's so far out that, you know, who knows what pitching matchups collectively we might see just across the board there. Could um, be Verlander for the opener, which is, you know, how that goes for the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, and, and there, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time there even really, but, you know, I don't I don't think the Yankees sniff winning the series. I, I you know, maybe they get one, but um, I, I don't have any faith for that weekend series against Houston. Yeah, I'm I'm really starting to believe they're gonna have their first losing season in what was it 32 years, 31 years? Yeah, I mean uh what 93, right? Or 92. Yeah, I think it was 92. Yeah, so I mean that's the way it's kind of looking at the moment. Yep. All right, so let's uh, let's transition to to the big uh headline here. Um so uh game three yesterday with Tampa, uh we had a Benches clearing incident, as I'll call it, even though it was twice over and ended up becoming, uh, you know, Albert Abreu beans uh, Randy Rosarena. Randy takes offense to it, and it's kind of funny because we'll be talking about this with the Mets here, obviously, in a couple of minutes. But um, obviously, I don't think, you know, the way Abreu's pitched this year and everything like that, you know, if he was trying to beat him, probably would throw it over the plate type deal. Um, I don't think it was anything really intentional. That being said, you know, Randy definitely took offense to it. But, you know, I, I've always said I don't blame anybody for taking offense. Nobody wants to get beat. It's not exactly a uh, fun experience, as we all know as baseball players. Um, and so, like I said, bench is empty. Everything for what appeared to be a moment simmers down. 
Randy Steele second, Steele's third, and after Steele third, kind of starts chirping back at the break a little bit more. Bench is clear a second time. Post game though is to me where kind of things heat up a little bit more. Uh, Brandon Lau uh, speaking after the game, and I'll quote uh, pretty much the bulk of it here. Uh, looking at it, it's a last place team against a team that's in contention. They're just trying to ignite something over there. Not worth our time at this moment. We're focused on bigger things right now. Um, I kind of laughed at it, to be honest, when I first saw it. Uh, because we've talked about it, actually, on this podcast this year, even. No, this is a Tampa Bay team that, in this Kevin Cash era, has become very um, temperamental, I will call it, over things like this. And it's not just not against the Yankees of this. We've seen it with Boston. We've seen it as well, especially almost with Toronto more than anything else. And even with Baltimore, over the course, divisionally, as well over the course of the past couple of years. Um, you know, frankly, uh, if you want my honest opinion, both benches clearing incidents was just a lot of yelling, as I call it, the hold-me-back type fight. Um, but I don't look at, frankly, a team like Tampa when they say these quotes like this. It's a little bit of pot calling the kettle black, to be completely honest with you, in my mind. Um, they're, you know, maybe they don't bean people or anything like that, but the way they talk on the field, uh, and the way they kind of act, they, they kind of open themselves up for stuff like this to happen in a sense. And I'm not talking about beaning, but I'm talking about taking exception to stuff, right? You know, the bench is clearing issues and stuff like that. And I don't view it as like a team. I mean, the way Lau kind of puts it is this team at last place. Like, well, you know, before you got called up to the big leagues, you know, this was a Tampa team that um, found themselves more at the bottom of the division once again. And they were kind of doing similar things. And again, that was still with Kevin Cash at the helm like it is now. So with a lot of this, I just view it as pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees are so boring. I was hoping for a Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson type thing. Um, but I was interested that that – eighth inning gave me something to actually be interested in interested in and yeah i don't agree that uh elbert's trying to hit him there i mean you throw sinkers they run inside he was trying to go inside at that point it was a two-run game right um and i think yeah he was leading off yeah i mean why would he hit the leadoff man when a two-run game in the eighth inning right. um but then i do get randy's point it's the second time abreu has hit him this year uh-huh. um and they've been hit i think 13 times overall in the th- the series they played this year. Right. So I get to the point that they're frustrated. Nobody wants to get hit. But at the same time, the way Randy was about to chuck his bat down and, you know, had words for a brave, it's like, man, like he's not trying to do that in that situation. And I don't know if you've seen too, Boone and um, Cash had a pretty animated conversation mm-hmm. and Cash was like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like it. And Boone's like, yeah, I know I wouldn't like it either, but I just do think the Rays might've pushed it a little too far. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I hate when there's no action. We need more Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez stuff. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, Cash is Cash and Moon have had a couple squabbles over the years now too, when they've both been now managing against each other. So, um, yeah, I didn't see that portion of it yesterday. Admittedly, I think a lot of the stuff that I saw was obviously the incidents themselves, and then um, what I'll call the memes that kind of came out of it, uh, mainly. Um, Sevy being ready to go, which hey, I guess in in his situation uh, about about time is I'll call it. 
Um, and then he's got to do something productive, right? <laughs> correct. And then Tommy Canley, who um, I, I I don't know how far away he was in the clubhouse initially when I, I believe it was uh, a second incident when his meme kind of happened. Uh, when he came flying out of the clubhouse into the dugout and then um, about launched himself the 25 or so feet onto the field from where the dugout ends because he tripped over the top step. I'm telling you, that, that eighth inning was pretty entertaining, gave me content, gave me views. I mean, I just loved it. I uh, I just wish the Yankees would have done a little more. I know uh-huh. everyone's like, oh, they should, you know, they should have fought to spark the team. What is there to spark? They're 11 games yeah. out, and they haven't done anything consistently all year. And, well, and it goes back to that. More. Right, and it goes back to your point is that, like, that spot's not where you spark it anyway, yeah. you know. And you're losing, you know, about to lose another series, and then – that's mm-hmm. supposed to be your spark. <laughs> especially the way, and, you know, I think maybe we'll kind of bookend it here and move on to the Mets. Especially the way, because I, I saw most of the game Friday night, Um, especially the way the game kind of went Friday was such a positive game overall in my mind anyway. Yeah, it played so well. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, kind of, kind of expected at this point maybe in a sense with the team. Um. All right, let's uh, move on to the Mets here. Um, Stunning take, what happened there. <laughs> yeah, they take well. They take two or three against the Angels, which um, I think we more or less both expected. I think you said sweep, right? Was it sweep or? But either way, um, they kind of handled what they what they had to do in this series more or less. I mean, this is an Angel team that's kind of been reeling, obviously. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait! I think you mixed it up. Angels took two of three. The Angels won three one Friday night and five three Saturday. I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said stunning because yeah. they were in danger of getting swept until the walk off right, yesterday. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So um, I don't know. Either way, I thought um, uh, you know the. Uh, it's weird. It's a it's an Angels team that's kind of reeling right now. Uh, clearly, a Mets team that you know we kind of talked about. And I didn't think the Mets again kind of go back to what we talked about. I didn't think they played like objectively bad through the whole series. I it wasn't great for the most part, but I wouldn't go out and say it was bad either. At the same token, I mean, obviously, again. Like like anything, right? You can pick and choose spots and everything like that, and that's that's fine. But I think for the grand scheme of it, it wasn't all that bad. And uh, you know, they kind of kick off another long homestand here, which I completely kind of forgot about in a way, right? You know, because now they welcome Texas in for three games, and it looks like they actually avoid Scherzer oddly enough in this from what I was seeing. And then oh, that sucks. <laughs> and then three against Seattle at City Field as well on the weekend. So uh, they have pretty much the peak of the AL West here this week. And yeah, from the weekend, you're coming off a AL West team that still technically in contention, although I don't really think they're going to be hanging around the angels. So um, certainly they're getting their West coast flavor on the East coast. The past, you know, will be collectively 10 days here, but yeah, you know, for, I think maybe to lead off this AL West, kind of site for the Mets. I didn't think it was all that bad. Yeah, they lost what by two runs Friday night, one yeah. run Saturday. 
Um, so obviously close games. And to be fair, Friday night, Carlos Carrasco gave up five in the first two innings. Right, yeah. So then they didn't score again, but the Mets offense just couldn't erase, you know, that that deficit. But yeah, um, I still think that it's unfortunate because the Angels came in, and as we all know, one of the worst teams since the All-Star break. Um, so and then you're home, uh, where you ha- where the Mets have had a winning record. So it is a frustrating series to go lose it, but at least they're able to salvage the final game yesterday. Um, you know, have a walk-off single. Uh, so yeah, um, it's gonna be a tough week though. The Rangers have struggled, but you know they're not gonna be easy. And the Mariners are one of the best teams in baseball right now. So tough and week ahead, but um, the best team. Encouraging. Yeah, yeah, better than the Braves and Orioles since mm-hmm. the break. So let's. Uh, it's going to be very Pete Alonzo theme here. Uh, for the Mets talk. Um, like I mentioned, they themselves had a Benjamin clearing incident. Uh, there's on Saturday, Pete Alonzo being uh, in the head in the helmet area once again. Um, and this was his 17th hit by pitch this year, Pete Alonzo. And that mm-hmm. leads the NL in that regard. So obviously, he's going to be upset. He ended up leaving the game just kind of as a cautionary type deal um, to the point that obviously you saw yesterday's game, you know, he was back in full force on Sunday. Uh, but um, you know, again, I, I I always say this. If you're a pitcher, and Kyle, you can attest to this as well, I guess, in, in this sense, even though um, you yourself probably never did this, obviously. But, you know, if you're a pitcher and you're, you're going to intentionally hit somebody, right, you're not you're not going for the head, you're going to go for the back or the butt or something like that, right? Um, obviously, it, it was nothing intentional. I think it was just another case of, like, we kind of mentioned a little bit, maybe in the sense of how the Rays viewed it, right? is you're just kind of sick of just getting it over and over again. And obviously when this situation happens, you get beamed in the head, um, it just gets amplified, right? I mean, the safety of it just comes into full effect when that happens. So uh, bench is clear. Um, Timbers were definitely hot. Like, don't get me wrong in that. But I thought, you know, comparatively speaking, it was just, like I said, you're just kind of frustrated if you're a Met, kind of seeing your best player just kind of get continuously hit over and over again. And, Obviously, in the head just was the spark that needed to find the gas to ignite it type deal in this situation, and we had a we had a what again what I call hold me back type situation in in that bench clearing incident. But nonetheless, you know we had two of them on the weekend. Really, I guess three if you want to count it to to discuss here. And uh, for Pete, obviously the main thing right was like I mentioned, able to come back and be a big big player in, in Sunday's game and the victory yesterday. Yeah, I had the game tying double, but back to the incident. Mm-hmm. It was the same situation as the Yankees raised. Eighth inning, 5-3 game. Right. Alonzo was leading off, I believe, right here, I think in the video it is. Yeah. And yeah, he gets hit I, again. I mean, yeah, I get your frustrated, but he's not trying to hit you. No. And then after the game, uh, I have a quote here. Alonzo admitted, obviously, it's frustrating, but he didn't do it on purpose. Right. And there's no repercussions, but it's dangerous which he's not wrong. At least he understands that it's not on purpose because if he thought the other way, he'd be crazy. Correct. It's a two-run game. Um, but, yeah, uh, it seems like Alonzo's kind of turning into Anthony Rizzo with how many pitches he, <laughs> you know, was by in his career. Yeah, and I, you know, I get it. Obviously, he recognized it as well, right? But, you know, in a moment like that, it's hard not to be frustrated. It's hard not to be angry. Yep. All right, keep it on the Pete train here. Um, the news, is it technically news? I'm going to call it news. Broke 
yesterday. And as I say, part of me always wants to take it with a grain of salt because it involves Bob Nightingale. But Bob usually, when he's on, he's on, right? Um, so, and we know, to preface it, we know that there's factual proof that the Mets did try to trade Pete Alonso at the trade deadline. It sounds like they were super close with Milwaukee at some point um, in the 11th hour. But, you know, it is expected Pete Alonso will be traded this offseason. Um, and that's for Bob Nightingale. I, I don't know how to view this. It's kind of crazy to me, uh, but, you know, he's going to be a free agent at the end of next year. I would imagine he wants to be back. He seems to enjoy being a Met. He seems to always enjoy being a Met. And to me, you know, to, I don't want to outright channel my inner dumb with Rekka here, but I might have to, right, is this another case of the Mets. I, I don't want to say, like, blowing a homegrown talent or anything like that, but, like, frankly, you know, messing up a good thing with some with a player that they've had since day one, since they drafted him, and kind of wasting away perhaps the best years of his career with your team. Um like I said, I don't want to do the full Donald record thing here, but you know, it, it's a long running history, right? Whether you want to go through like Ed Cranepool to Tom Seaver, even um, to Doc and Daryl, and you know, to maybe lesser extents like Jose Reyes to, to David Wright, those two are completely different. You know, David was an injury type deal, and Jose, as I say, justifiably wanted, wanted to go get some money at some point and, and went and did it, but. You know, the Mets have this track record, frankly, at this point of just kind of when they have the homegrown talent, kind of fumbling the bag with it. Yeah, I was just going to jokingly say, do the Mets do anything right? Um, <laughs> seems like they're always they're always uh, doing something wrong or, you know, all over the news for doing something crazy. Like, I still think years ago, wrong batting order. What was it? Somebody right. came up to hit and it was the wrong order. That was like, what two years ago. It wasn't it wasn't like it was all that long ago. Yeah, just like stuff that you just don't hear, but you hear it with the Mets. Um, but yeah, back to the Alonzo trade. Um, I mean, if I'm him, like, yeah, I love I loved my time in New York, but you know, the future is not really exactly known yet. Um, I believe what he's 28 or 29, I think I told you last time we talked about this. Yeah, um, I think he's I think he's my age. Yeah, so I mean, he wants he need he wants to win, and at this point in his career, he needs to go somewhere where he can put up these numbers, but win at the same time. And you know, of course, he did that last year, but now there's no exact plan known for this team. I mean, yeah, they could contend in two years, but like that's two more years that you know he's going to be what thirty one after that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if I'd want it if I'm him if I'd commit to a long term extension when the future's just not known. Um, so I would probably accept the trade, but it also depends on where, I mean, you don't want to go somewhere else where they're not going to win. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to see him trade just because I love baseball trades and I love seeing movement in the league. Um, and I'm sure a lot of contending teams would love to have them. So yeah, I'm all for it. I hope it does happen. Be pretty cool to watch this off season. Yeah. I mean, uh, it'll be something to keep an eye on, obviously, um, I just found the timing of everything kind of odd when it was brought up yesterday, in a sense. Um, like I said, obviously we knew that at the trade deadline, um, they were super close 
to sending him to Milwaukee. And um, I would assume Milwaukee's probably going to be in on this, obviously. Who knows who else, I guess, by the end of it, right? But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it'll be interesting, right? I think, frankly, they can win in in New York if they really want to, and I think they do, obviously. I mean, we, we can tell Steve Cohen at least is attempting to do that. But uh, whether or not Pete Alonso is going to be part of that also, I guess, is going to be a, a thing to remain seen here within the next, I guess, really what we're seeing here on August 28th. So have to be, what, about two and a half, three months before we can kind of see anything happen there. So who knows? Remains to be seen. Yeah, and another point quickly is, I mean, everyone came into this year thinking the Mets were definitely a playoff contender right. and, you know, a good chance at yeah, being a World Series contender. And then look at what happened. So. Also, if I'm Pete Alonso, I'm not really trusting anything at this point. Anything can happen. I mean, this season was just beyond unexpected. I mean, we're talking now about a Pete Alonso trade. Before the season started, we would have never discussed this. Yeah, well, and it's just, it's just wild the way things have unfolded. I'm not sure I've ever seen a team go from winning 101 games to just dropping off this far to a complete fire sale, and then even more guys being discussed in trades midseason after the deadline. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, maybe another time where it's close um, to this situation, but it just seems very, very odd. Yeah. Only the Mets, right? <laughs> yeah. So that pretty much takes care of today's episode. Um, do want to mention really quick, I saw uh, Rochester, I know, uh, struggled all week with, with Worcester, uh, Syracuse, and Buffalo. I saw got into a little bit of an offensive scrap the final couple of days. Uh, but I did see Syracuse, actually. I didn't know that this guy had been released from his contract with the Hussocks, but uh, joining the Syracuse Mets for the rest of the regular season, I saw Daniel Polk is back. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting. I mean, Polk is a guy that I think has become um, – and there's nothing wrong with it, right? I mean, uh, kind of a guy here who has been – who's probably just going to be a triple A slash quad A player. Right. And, uh, Ben and Syracuse before, obviously, you know, last year made a, a pretty big offensive impact for that team. And certainly probably I'm assuming brought in to be kind of like a veteranish type voice type deal to finish out the year. And, um, obviously provide a little bit more bump in that lineup. Uh, uh, probably would help if he was a pitcher, but he's not. So, uh, they'll have to deal with that, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, Pretty cool to see him back uh, closer to us, obviously. Former Red Wing as well, former Bison, former SMET, now current SMET, and former Hussock. So I guess he's fully completed his Interstate 90, at least Northeast edition career. Yeah, he's traveled quite a bit in his mm -hmm. career. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, what is there, four weeks now left of of the AAA season? Yeah, like four and a half, five technically, I guess, if However you want to view that final week of September, I guess, depending upon how, like I said, you want to view it. Yeah, so, I mean, man, it's getting close to ending, and um, we should start seeing more call-ups, I would think, for both teams as well. Um, you know, the Yankees, I'm really wondering if we're going to see Austin Wells. Um, are we going to see Mauricio with the Mets at all? or Brett Beatty back uh, up. Just something, I guess, for the fans to look, positive, or to look ahead to. Um, right you know, something positive. And the guys that the Yankees have called up, I don't know if you've really looked at them. I know we're on the Mets, but sorry. Um, I don't know. It's we're, all right. We're, we're at the end pretty much here, so we can kind Peraza's, of look back up. Yeah, Peraza's two for 20 and Peraza's oh. three for 21. 
Yeah, I mean, so, it, it, it hasn't been kids. great. Yeah, it hasn't been great. And um, I found it interesting that they put uh, – was Prayer in the cleanup spot yesterday? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing – somebody said on Twitter, I can't remember who, but it's the one time I do agree, I think maybe X or whatever the hell it's called, right? Um, the the fact that they're probably just frankly just want to make them see some fastballs or something that, you know, at least work on the timing element of it more than anything else. Yeah, the thing about Peraza too, um, I know a lot of people don't really realize this, but before he was called up, he was seven for his last 41 in AAA. Yeesh. So there's a reason why he's probably not doing so well at this level. Um, because he wasn't doing too well in, at AAA his last whatever was that like 15 games. Um, so yeah, it's been a rough start for the kids. They're fitting in well with the rest of the team in terms of right. struggling. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, hopefully they get it going. Uh, and they're young, so I'll give them a break. But they're fitting in well with the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that will wrap up Concrete Jungle for today. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, as of today, uh, if you listen on Stitcher, this is it. R.I.P. to Stitcher. Uh, but you can still find us on every other major podcasting platform. Um, we won't be back at all this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, obviously, like I said, being on vacation, I'm gonna enjoy some. Much needed watching of baseball, not really fully needing to plug into uh, the diehard stuff here for the podcast to pay attention to. So, uh, Kyle, hope you have a great week, man. Enjoy uh, the unofficial end of summer this weekend with Labor Day weekend. Um, hopefully, um, I know you said you know, maybe do some more baseball or anything like that, but uh, no matter what high you school. do, I hope high school starts this week. High school oh, sports, sports that's right. Yeah. That's right. So Actually, I think all this weekend. I think today is the first day of some game. I can't remember which. Yep, sport, there's like but, very few, but yeah. the big day is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then Syracuse football preview is going to be coming out yeah. in a couple of days. So, yeah, getting pretty busy again. A couple fantasy drafts as well this week. Um, busy week still. Go two and five this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, busy busy times ahead. Um, can't wait for football, of course. Yeah, I'm just happy that um... – of my picks, I, I did shuffle because I got a couple people uh, peel back the curtain here before we sign off. Um, that, um, so I did some picks I, I put out on our, our platforms, right? And I did, I got five correct out of seven. Um, or in terms of true head to head, I think it was four of three or four for three, but, um, you know, I look, I'm not gonna pick all these gimme games all the time, people. It was seven games this past weekend. I'm going to pick all seven in that case. I might as well leave two off for the sake of leaving two off. Ten seconds of time is just ten seconds of time. I'm going to pick every game in that situation. So uh, don't worry. I will not be picking any more USC minus 30 games or whatever the hell we're all concerned about there. So don't worry. But we got the full slate ahead college this weekend and then NFL's, you know, now what 10 days away technically so um cut day what final cut day for nfl tomorrow so it'll be interesting to see 4 p.m it'll be interesting to see some final rosters across the board there and i know for the bill stuff kyle you'll have uh all the headlines there if there's anybody major that finds himself on the outside looking in so um yeah look forward to obviously all your stuff this week and i'm sure everybody else is and i guess until next week they'll pretty much do it for us yeah, uh, have a good week. Um, keep enjoying the baseball games. And, oh, for uh, sure. But yeah, we'll see you Tuesday.
And I'll see you next week, Kyle. See everybody else next week as well. Like I said, find us on all major podcast platforms, like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. We'll talk with everybody next week. Bye.